It is Friday. That means it is time for another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt with you alongside the host of the program, Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you again on this Friday. Um, for many of us, we grew up listening to Christian radio, and we had a special uh, affinity for a program called Children's Bible Hour. And through that program, uh, Charlie Vandermeer became everyone's favorite uncle. And I have the great privilege of having Uncle Charlie with us in the studio today. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Uncle Charlie. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Andrew. I've been looking forward to this time. Um, uh, Uncle Charlie, could we get started by um, you letting our listeners know how you came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way? Well, it happened when I was only six years old. Our family went to hear evangelist John R. Rice here in Grand Rapids. Well, not here in Grand Rapids, but over in Grand Rapids, since I'm not in Grand Rapids right now. But my folks told me later that I seemed to be really listening. That night in our bedroom, my brother Harry, eight years older than I, talked to me about receiving Jesus as my Savior. And that night I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart and life, and I've never been sorry. We lived over and behind a neighborhood grocery store my folks owned, and the next morning, I ran down to tell my folks what happened. My dad said, I was about ready to come up and tell you boys to go to sleep. But if that is what was happening, I'm glad I didn't. So that's when I pegged the time that I came to know Christ as my Savior, and I'm glad I didn't wait any longer. Well, God has a way of, of working those things out, and it's it's a good thing that your your dad chose not to come up that night. And it's a, it's a great thing for all of us that, that you listened to God's call and and joined his family that day. Um, so I read a little bit about this on, on the, the CBH website, but could you tell me um, uh, in a little more detail how you came to be involved with Children's Bible Hour? Well, that happened when I was about nine years old in 1943. CBH had been on the radio for about a year. The program was live in those days on WLAV, 7th floor of the Keeler Building in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And my dad took me to a live broadcast, and we sat in the large visitor section that held about 100 people. Uncle Mel Johnson, the program host at the time, came around with a roving microphone, asked me my name, and later invited me to take part in the program with reading poems, scriptures. We had a little booklet called Charlie's scrapbook, and it was sort of like a visual or an audio object lesson, and I did uh, readings from that. Uh, the program was on 10 to 11 Saturday mornings, 10 to 11 Central War Time, because this was during the war in 1943. And uh, I stayed with the program right until I graduated from high school doing the bad boy parts in the dramatized stories, and <laughs> then cool. I, I, came, I came back full-time to the ministry in 1956 and have been there ever since. Um, and how long did you host this Children's Bible Hour program? Well, at first, I worked with a lady by the name of Aunt Bertha, and a lot of people that are listening and watching this and all of that, they remember Aunt Bertha. She didn't come as director. She came as office manager, and uh, when the program was down to about five stations with $30,000 in debt, and they the board met at my folks' house, and they were ready to close down the ministry because they couldn't get anybody to take it. Uncle Mel had gone on, 
uh, Uncle Bill, who had taken it, he had gone on. And they were going to close it down because they couldn't find somebody that wanted to go down with it, I guess. And <laughs> okay. uh, Aunt Bertha said, well, I'll take it till you get somebody. And the Lord really used her to bring that ministry uh, back to life. And I was a boy on the program uh, at the time. And she and I worked together. I was known as Mr. Charlie on the program uh, because she was old enough to be my mother. And uh, then about uh, she retired in 1972 and then I was the director and the host until 1999. Uh, I've stayed on at their invitation to answer letters, record new programs for the Keys for Kids broadcast, etc. So uh, actually, CBH has been a part of my life just about all of my life. That's really that's really interesting and exciting. Can you give me? Uh, I know that you did a lot of touring with CBH and a lot of different things as far as that's concerned. So it would probably be hard to narrow it down, but can you give me two or three um, short stories that might be considered highlights of your more than 50 years of ministry? Well, <laughs> there's a couple that come to mind that bring a chuckle, which is always good. But we had a, a man that worked with our program from Zealand, Ken Lewis. He was a principal. He was a wonderful teacher. He was a wonderful organist and music director, and he served in those capacities. And we would go on tour every summer. We'd take all the kids, put them on a bus, and we would head somewhere on tour. And we stayed in the homes of people that uh, uh, that invited us. And Ken uh, was one of those that traveled, of course, and so was I. And uh, one of the stories that I remember Ken telling me about, he uh he roomed with one of the boys on our program who was a real stinker. <laughs> His name was Bob Vogel, and Bob today is still very active. He is the uh, uh, he's sort of the lead man for Loretta Lynn, the singer. Okay. And he travels around with her and does her, produces her programs. Well, anyway, uh, they stayed together in a home, and uh, it had a big heater in the a big register in the middle of the room. And uh, Ken had gone in to take a shower, and Bob was laying in there in bed, and he saw this great big grate, and he hopped out of bed, took that grate, set it on the white sheet of the bed. He hopped back into the bed. <laughs> Ken came out of the shower in the dark and fell into the hole that was there and <laughs> caught himself with his arms to keep himself from going down into the furnace. And uh, uh, Bob, I was talking to Bob not long ago about this he, uh, on the phone, and he said, I'm surprised he didn't beat the living tar out of me because he said, you know, I dirtied the sheet with the register and about <laughs> lost Ken down the furnace. <laughs> oh, but, my uh, word. Then one of my funny stories that I've related many times, we would stay with these homes, uh, the home of boys and girls in the home and so forth. Well, I was... Uh, traveling with the people in their car to their home. They were going to keep me overnight. And they had three boys. And uh, little David sat on his mom's lap in the front seat. And he had a little bit of a lisp. And, and they, 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 he had a southern <laughs> accent. And, and uh, Nathan uh, was behind me. He was about 12 years old. And Nathan piped up and he said, Uncle Charlie, you get to stay in my bed tonight. And I said, well, you, I get to stay in that bed all by myself, or you're going to sleep in that bed with me? He said, no. He said, you get to sleep in that bed all by yourself. 
And just that quick, little David pipes up and he says, it's a good thing you're not sleeping in that bed with you. He went to bed every night. <laughs> and his mother was slapping her hand over his mouth just as embarrassed as she could be. And, and, I, and, uh, and then she took her hand away and he says, well, he does. <laughs> and, oh. and, and you know what? It smelled a little bit like it, too. But, you know, these tours were wonderful opportunities for us to personally meet a lot of the people that listen to our programs. And uh, the tours were a wonderful. We toured right up until 1999. And I remember coming home from that 1999 tour thinking, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting too old. And uh, so that was our last tour in 1999. And then soon after that, the ministry... Uh, changed the focus of our program. Yeah, I um I had at least one really close or fairly close personal friend that was involved with CBH, Chris Knobloch. Oh uh, yes, yes. Became a very good friend of mine and uh I actually remember going into Company Corner, I think in nineteen ninety four, to record a song on Children's Bible Hour and I was gonna try to dig up the audio to use for this broadcast, but I didn't do it in time. But anyway, that was a really good um, experience for me. I remember ha um, for a long time I had wanted to be on the show. I, one of my goals at, at one point in my childhood was to be a Children's Bible Hour regular. Yeah. That didn't work out, but I was really privileged to be on Company Corner and just really loved the rallies. Always went to uh, the ones that were local here in Grand Rapids because I really enjoyed uh, see, basically seeing a live edition of the Children's Bible Hour radio show. And I remember when you were in Company Corner. And by the way, this past February, my wife and I spent the whole month down in Florida in Sebring at Maranatha Village. And when we got down there, we saw the bulletin that had listed the things that were coming. And here was a picture of Chris Knobloch, who did a concert on February 15 to a packed-out church at Maranatha Baptist Church, which is a part of Maranatha uh, missionary village. And, uh, so, uh, Chris didn't know my wife and I were going to be there and we didn't know he was going to be there. So it was well, how great. About that? It that was great. must have been pretty neat. I had the opportunity of introducing him that night. That's great. And, and I, I know that he's active with, uh, God's helping hands. Yes. So, uh, uh, just a good shout out to my friend, Chris Knobloch. And I'm grateful to see that he is continuing to serve the Lord. And that has to be one of the most exciting parts of your job, isn't it? To see right. the payoff of people continuing to serve the Lord. Right. And I keep in touch with a number of kids who uh, who are in full-time ministry, one over in Indonesia and uh, another in Papua New Guinea. And it just is a real blessing to know that they're serving the Lord. All right. Well, uh, when you guys transition from Children's Bible Hour to Down Gilead Lane, I guess you kind of alluded to the fact that you were um, getting uh, the that the rigors of the original program were catching up to you. Um, but when this happened, when Children's Bible Hour mm. became Down Gilead Lane, that was really hard for me. I, I felt like it it changed the whole face of the ministry, and I, I really took it hard. Was it hard for you to make the transition? Well, Andrew, yes and no. Uh, not really, because I wasn't involved in Down Gilead Lane, <laughs> except one time I played the part of a dying man in one of the stories. <laughs> but uh, the decision to go to an all-drama program was made by the board. You see, the last five years that I was director, 
I was having a terrible time picking music that pleased our 700-plus stations. Some didn't like the old-fashioned music, said kids don't listen to that anymore. And so when we started using track backgrounds, we had stations drop us because we had gone too worldly. And so we couldn't just seem to hit a, a happy medium, so the decision was made to cut out all music. I did miss the contact with all the kids coming in on a regular basis because that was one one of the things that I felt our ministry did was to help train boys and girls to serve the Lord and give them an opportunity like you had to sing on Company Corner, to sing in the choir, to sing in the trios and so forth. So that part I missed very much. I still do. But I keep in touch with quite a few of the kids by letters and emails and, and phone calls. All right. Well, what what is CBH up to these days? Well, the old CBH programs and the daily 15-minute programs are on in reruns on about 300-plus stations. Down Gilead Lane is on in reruns on over a 1,000 stations. And as I said, I record new programs for the Keys for Kids series. But the big push right now uh, is on the Internet. Very, very honestly, kids don't listen to the radio that they like they used to. And we have a very, very active website getting millions of hits every month. We have the keysforkids.org, cbhministries.org, and one that is really cute, itoadu.com, itoadu.com. And when you get to that home page, there's a picture of a toad on there. And you click the toad, and he takes you to Camp Beyond Key, Beyond Keys for Kids. And they can take a Bible course, and they can play games, and they can earn points. And we have thousands and thousands of visitors to that website uh, virtually every day and from all over the world because, of course, that's the wonderful thing about the Internet. Uh, kids can contact that in various ways. So that's one thing that we're really emphasizing. Now, I say we, as I say, I'm not involved in that whole Internet thing. I just know what's going on because I am on the board and I'm nosy enough to want to know <laughs> to want to know what they're doing with our ministry. But uh, Terry Ritchie is our our director and she's doing a wonderful job. She and I have traveled together in in programs. Uh, she with her uh, she's a wonderful uh, blacklight chalk artist and plays the copper bells and plays the silver uh, the uh, crystal glasses. And then I do my thing with uh, Wally and with my gospel magic. And we have gone out together in meetings quite a bit. But I'm backing away from that more and more because of my health issues with my feet being numb as can be and also because of the advancement of the age doesn't help very much. I've even got a grandpa puppet now because I get <laughs> senior citizen invitations. I wondered why until I looked in the mirror and I said, that's why you are one. Well, <laughs> you know, it's 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 interesting that you say that or that you're talking about how you're becoming a senior citizen and such, because I know that you, you played a, a senior citizen character often on Children's Bible Hour for a lot of years. Yes, I did. So that particular... Um, vocal intonation that we just heard. It was, it was very familiar to <laughs> yeah. Children's Bible Hour uh, fans. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's really neat to see that you are still active where you can be. Um, so you're still recording the Keys for Kids. That's right. kind of neat. I was wondering whether those were still being newly recorded. Yep. 
I really appreciate even just those because it, it's really neat to just get five minutes of biblical inspiration through a fun story and a Bible verse uh, with application. And I really, I've never really stopped liking the old music. So that's another reason why I really like Children's Bible Hour. But um, Our website, by the way, we have every week they put different uh, old programs on. The half-hour program and the story time programs are available on our website to listen to. That's great. Adam, did you have any questions for Uncle Charlie? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, you said that you have been doing this for over over 50 years. So there's well, definitely... Well, 78. Uh, 68, because <laughs> Six... I'm 78, and wow. I started when I was nine. That is awesome. That's yeah. so cool. You know, a lot of times we hear when people are, are called to do something, they have a, a favorite Bible verse that mm-hmm. motivates them and plugs mm-hmm. them along. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Bible verse that you could share with well, us? Well, a long time ago, I chose Philippians 1, 6 as my life verse. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, for many years, I thought, that means I'm going to be alive when the Lord returns. <laughs> but the older I get, the more I say, you know, maybe not. Maybe not. A little down the road, so maybe. And uh, with the health issues that I have, my wife has Parkinson's, although she's doing extremely well with it. We try to get a walk in it regularly every day. And uh, she has two exercise classes a week. And uh, I do the walking because of my neuropathy. I have sensory peripheral neuropathy which means that the bottom end of my body is about as numb as the top end is. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you're still doing great. Still definitely serving the Lord. That's awesome. Well, Uncle Charlie, I really appreciate you stopping by to spend a little time with us here on the Speaking for Him podcast. Uh, the goal of Speaking for Him, my ministry, is just to see people uh, reach uh, for their potential in God find the areas of service where he wants them to serve, and, of course, for those who have never trusted Jesus Christ to make that life-changing decision. Um, I know you talked about how important it was to you. Uh, It's the best decision I ever made. And you can see, hopefully, uh, my listeners, how God can use someone who simply uh, trusts God for the future, and as he's used Uncle Charlie, he can use you. Uncle Charlie, before we say goodbye... Uh, Is there any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? Well, thinking about reaching children, the statistics tell us that about 75% of those who ever trust Christ as Savior do so before they reach the age of 15. So that's a large section. 75% of those who ever trust Christ as Savior do so before they get to be 15 years of age. So I always say, shouldn't that mean that uh, 75% of our outreach is aimed at kids because kids need Christ and they're not all hardened in their hearts and their hearts are open. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here. And just I want to close with this verse. It's Jesus himself said, suffer the little children to come unto me for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and with that, I will just say, have a great weekend. And as I always say, keep serving the best of masters.